Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Today is a unique experience, or maybe a unique experience, is today we are doing a do-over. Um, <laughs> I'm talking again with Bailey Smith, who is a licensed mental health counselor and a play therapist and a grown-up former kid who used to talk back. So uh, Bailey is going to give us both her personal and professional insights on how to handle it when your kid is talking back um, and insights from being a kid that used to talk back. Uh, we've already recorded this, but it didn't work out so well. So thank you for um, those of you who called in and let us know the audio on it wasn't very good. So that's why we're going to try and do it over. So um, the other thing that I wanted to tell you about um, Bailey is she is a co-host of her own podcast called Estrogen Bombs. And you. You can find, you're welcome. You can find that on SoundCloud. So, anything else? And iTunes now. Sorry, and that was my biggest oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, And iTunes now. So, that's awesome also. Um, so, this is Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids, and here we really just talk about different strategies that um, parents can use and different ways of being that parents can use to help their children um, through creating a really meaningful, connected relationship with them. And that's based on, uh, again, my personal and professional experience. I'm a mental health counselor, have been for 25 years, a play therapist, a professor, and a mom. And um, I have a book coming out this summer um, called Raising Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids, 20 uh, Principles for Creating the Relationship You Want with Your Children. So that's kind of the impetus for these podcasts, and um, I just want to thank you for listening. So let's get started and find out what to do when your kids are talking back. So can we start maybe, Bailey, with um, what it what your memories of being a top backer? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, like. um, so this is I think this is great that we're doing like a redo. Okay, because I feel like that's like that's parenting, like redoing <laughs> things, you know, Do like um, or just acknowledging that something didn't work mm-hmm. and you have to like go back and explain it a different way yeah. or have. Um, a new approach to it, so I think that that's pretty cool. Um, but like, I got to talk to my mom about yeah. it and get just some more insight <laughs> into like, yeah, you uh, you you talk back and you talk back frequently. <laughs> and um, now that I'm an adult and I look back at that, I can see how annoying. Like hindsight is twenty twenty. How awful that must have been for my parents because I seemed um, really like probably out of control at some point, Yeah. but I was trying to get my needs met, yeah. and, um, yeah, it, you know, I was, just, I was a strong kid. Right, and so, so, you know, there's a couple of things you say there. One is that, um, even, you know, talking to your mom, you recognize how hard for her in particular yeah. it sounds like, um, but also, and that was something you shared the first time right, around right. that we did this. That you were trying to get your needs met, that your talking back was always, um, and, and, something that could be so useful for parents, it's always code that you're that a child is trying to get some need met, but right. they don't have as many vehicles maybe right. um, as we do or pathways as we do as adults. So, yeah. want, so when your kid is talking back, I think that's such a great tip right there. Let's highlight that. Yeah, like yeah. That when your kid is talking back to you, they're really trying to get some of their, need, their needs met. So that's really important. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I um, took out of that was that, uh, like, 
you were a strong, you know, you're a strong-willed adult, and you were a strong-willed kid. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I raise a, you know, strong-willed daughter as well, and um, one of the things that I always say to parents is that strong-willed kids are really difficult to raise, but how else would you like them out in the mm-hmm. world? Like, it, you have, you can... Um, worry less about them out in the world. They're less likely to be manipulated. Mm -hmm. They're less likely to be taken advantage of. Right. Um, They're going to stand up to people. Yeah. And after, like, speaking with my mom, I had this very vivid memory of being in fourth grade, and we had a substitute teacher, Uh and the class, I had, like, a very rough fourth grade class. Okay. And I remember the kids were just going, like, crazy, Uh and I was like, you're not doing, like, doing a good job, like, handling the class. And I left the class in fourth grade and went and got the principal. I remember the principal was like, what are you doing? Like, you need to get back into class. And I was like, there's no point. Yeah. Like, why would I go back to that room? And I, like, yeah, that was, that was a memory that just, like, passed, like, came back. Well, I, and I think you know, I, I can totally picture you doing that. But I'm really enjoying that story, so thanks. But, you know, one of the things, like, Again, as you say that, and, and picturing like how a, ch- a child, a uh, eight, um, a nine to ten year old would, uh, you know, uh, go to solve the problem. You felt like I have to do something about this because this is just not working out so well. And I think um, if we kind of reframe that from that was you like talking back or you know something like that. That was you trying to problem solve, that was you saying, this isn't okay. Like, there was a whole bunch of other things that you were saying there, um, but it could have shown up as you being, like, sassy or fresh or talking back. Right. Yeah. And so maybe that's a, something that we can all do as parents in our, and um, other people who interact with kids is when they're talking back, See if there's a way we can reframe it. They're trying to get their needs met. They have no other way of solving a problem. They're expressing right. themselves. You know, like that. Right. That if we, I think the minute we think of it as talking back, um, the in, the interaction that follows winds up being negative. Right, because we think of we think of kids as having to be obedient, mm-hmm. and um, that's that's something. I think that generates a lot of shame for parents is thinking that if they have a disrespectful child they've done something wrong right. and then it becomes this problem that they have to regain control right. over and then that just creates that power struggle mm-hmm. and creates yeah so many more problems right and and that and that there are so few times that children really truly experience power and i know some of you parents listening to that to this will go my 4 year old runs out well that's a different issue and we've talked about it in other podcasts and i talk about it in my yeah. book that's but but part of the reason why your four-year-old runs the house or you feel like your child has more control has to do with you and your parenting. And um, and so one of the ways that when your kid is trying to, if we keep it in the talking back mode or trying to take control or feels like that, is that just recognize that that that, that is something, that there's something that they need in that mm-hmm. moment. And they can only get it from you. Right. Yeah. So it must have been um, as because I, I think we talked about this a little last time, so, um, but I wasn't a kid who talked back at all. I didn't even talk. So, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. yeah, you grew into that. Yes, <laughs> I, I'm making up for it now, clearly. But, um, but I think that, um, you know, the, I'm trying to imagine what it was like as a kid who talked back, um, mm-hmm. that it, there must have been a sense of almost like desperation in some ways. Yeah. Um, it's, 
kids don't have a lot of control. Mm-hmm. They just, they just don't. Like, right. you have to go to school. You have to go do this. And my parents, and I said this last time, but I feel like I need to say it again. Like, yes. I had good parents. Like, yep. they, were, they were good parents. And um, that, that kind of allowed me to use my voice because a right. lot of the time I didn't feel had, I had any control over, like, my day-to-day because mm-hmm. I was going from school to practice to mm-hmm. doing homework. Right. And my voice was the only thing I felt I had control over. Uh-huh. And so that was. The, the way I was expressing myself, and yeah. sometimes I was, like, taking that out on my parents. And Well, I, and, and I think also the way that you say it is that I think, like, um, you're not grateful at it when you are nine. Right. I mean, no, <laughs> no. No. Yeah, so, like, you know, just, and, and I also think it's important that parents think about the way they talk to their mm-hmm. children, right? So when you're saying, you know, when you're getting upset that your child is talking back to you, really taking an honest, like, inventory of how you are when you're talking to your kids. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, this may sound weird, but you could even use uh, technology to sort of, you know, record yourself on your phone when you're having a conversation with Mm -hmm. your kids just to see, to give yourself that feedback. You you know, you can listen and and judge if you were being disrespectful to them. There's a difference between also talking back and speaking your child speaking to you disrespectfully, I think, you know, sort of teasing those things out because they think what you're saying and even to a degree what, when you and your mom talked a little bit about it was that it wasn't necessarily disrespectful, but it might have felt disrespectful to your mom. I think it was like a combo. Okay. <laughs> I think it was like a combo. Yeah. Um, for sure. Um, with like my relationship with my parents uh-huh. and everything has been always very expressive uh-huh. and um, there weren't a lot of filters and there yeah. was a lot of like colorful language <laughs> and my brother and I knew not to take that out of the hat right. but of course when we became teenagers yeah. it kind of blossomed <laughs> yes, it did. yes it did but kids read a lot of non-verbals mm-hmm. and I think what you just said is like is awesome because seeing how you're talking, right? like, do you have, like, is your face very intimidating right. when you're saying these things? Are you, like, what's your aspect like when you're yeah. giving instructions? Does it seem like you're barking orders at them? Right. So one of the things that parents, um, you know, to sort of pay attention to is the tone and the volume of your voice. Mm-hmm. Also to make sure, because um, I do think these things are, like, sort of preventative in, ha- mm-hmm. in having your kid like sort of turn into that like talk back kind of thing. Um, but if your kid is already talking back, these are things you can use to sort of de-escalate when things are getting heated. Is So you want to um, be aware of your tone and volume of your voice. You want to um, also make sure you're not pointing. A lot of parents <laughs> kind of use that like pointing, and that is um, an aggressive yeah. uh, body language um, communication. And then the other thing, and you've heard me talk about this a number of times if you've listened to even the two or three of these podcasts, is you want to make sure you're at your child's level, so you're either seated or kneeling or whatever, so that they can accurately read your nonverbals, and you can accurately read theirs. They can read your facial expressions, you can read theirs, because I think that's going to help ultimately in the need to talk back. Yeah, right? yeah, it just uses that defensiveness. Because, yeah. yeah, you're right, if there's a little kid looking up, that's already intimidating. Right. It doesn't matter really what's coming out of your yeah. mouth, because they're seeing you as this 
you know, yeah, like yeah. A, you're stronger, bigger, taller. Yeah, absolutely. So it's intimidating. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking as we were just um, talking about that is, you, you know, maybe even something parents could do is, as their child is talking about, be able to really just sort of step back into their own, you know, like into their own center and say, like, um, you have something you need to tell me and you're, and you're just trying to figure out how to tell me. I don't yeah. like the tone of your voice or I don't like that you're shouting or I don't like whatever, but I, I'm going to listen to what you have to say and to take yeah. it, you know, in that way. Because I think that creates that open, you know, exchange. It's safe. Yeah, right. it's safe communication. And yeah. that that sets it up so that you're, you're a safe person that your child can right. go to with anything. And we said it last time, but you want your child to be going to you for most right. everything. Yeah. Um, not learning it in the locker room, right? In in class, so. or feeling isolated, right? Yeah, right. So if we go back to what you originally said, was that like um, you you felt like you really you had something you wanted to say? Can you tell me just like a little bit more about that from the child's point of view, if you can get there yeah. about um, you know what that what that was like to really feel like you have something to say and um, only be able to say it in a way that was ungraceful? Um, I think, like, my busy schedule that mm -hmm. I was describing yeah. really contributed to that because I, I would be spending time with my parents, but it was, we're driving somewhere. We're, um, my mom, she's a, a teacher's assistant, yeah. so she had a shuffle job. My dad's a correctional officer. Right. That's very <laughs> So they came home and they turned off. Like, they turned off. Right. So I think my brother and I were maybe like resentful. Well, they, they were doing yeah. what they had to do. Right, and, right. Um, you get now I get result. it. I get it yeah. now. Um, but I think there was some resentment. Of, like, just talk to me. Like, I, wanted, I, right. want you to, I want you to spend time with me. Yeah, I totally know what you're saying because even, um, so uh, I had um, like a stressful, well, I would say talking back-ish moment with my daughter. She's 18, and um, and I, I was like, all right, I need to figure this out because I don't want to have to there to be strain here. So I actually went to um, the Five Love Languages by Gary oh, yeah, Chapman, yeah. and they have, and I thought, you know what, we, I think this is more about the way that we give and receive love right. than anything else. So I was just looking for opportunities to have a conversation around those kind of, uh, just our style. And so they do have a teenage version. Just all you have to do is Google search the Five Love mm -hmm. Languages, and they have um, how couples express love, and they have a teenage and a child form too, oh, and cool. there it's free. F R E E, free. Awesome. Yeah, it is really awesome. So, but the results of that were um, for everyone in my family except for me. <laughs> um, the way that they their preference in terms of their love language has to do with that spending time. Quality time. Yeah, and I was gonna say yeah. as an adult, that's like my number one is quality time. Yeah. I wasn't getting that. Either. Right, right. And so that's um, such a great idea, though, just to right. see what people, what people are comfortable expressing and then what they need and yeah. how that all matches up to yeah. be more conscientious of it. Right. And so it, it actually worked out really cool because then we could have a conversation because if everyone in my family, my, my um, husband and my son who's 14, if they um, are all quality time people and I'm not, how that impacts, right. you know, um, and then, and that that really is part of what happens when communication breaks down, which is ultimately what talking back is, right? It's just mm -hmm. like the, some part of communication isn't isn't working, and mm -hmm. when everybody's taxed, 
you know, your parents with, um, as you were growing up, your parents with uh, their jobs and you with the commitments that you had, even as a kid. And I think that's something, I know I'm on a little bit of a rant here, but I think that's something that we really need to pay attention to is, is the demands on our kids. Um, you know, I think that that's everybody now, like, kind of on their last nerve, um, but you need to be heard. And right. so when you're a kid and you need to be heard, talking back is one way you get heard. Yeah. And sometimes it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like, I'll wear a lot right. of the time. <laughs> so you were, you know, so, and, and, you know, and I think that's, like, uh, another piece of it is it did get their attention a lot of the time, mm-hmm. and that's what you needed. Yeah, so it was a positive reinforcement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
So seriously, give yourself a little pat on the back or a high five because you at least have that. And that's a place where you can um, sort of jump off of, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, And then another thing that I bring up quite frequently is a family meeting Mm -hmm. so that everyone can set up what type of family communication that they'd like to have. And it sounds like that was really beneficial in your family because you were all able to analyze and see what – one another's um, preferences were, right. and it sounds like that was really helpful. Yeah. Um, but also, like, another thing, too, is I like to talk to parents about what would a repercussion be if, you know, if anybody were to step off or right. not follow the model that everyone's agreed to mm-hmm. so that a child knows, like, okay, if I mess up yeah. and do something, I know that I lose my electronic or right. I am not allowed to go to so-and-so's house. Yeah, so that so. There, there really does need to be repercussions because sometimes as a child you can't yeah. uh, reel that in. And, uh, and one of the things that we talk, again, on this podcast pretty frequently about is the consequences for behaviors. And right. so um, if your child knows what they are, like, if you talk back, this is what the deal is going to be. Um, I, I also want to bring up um, the idea of, like, you. I think you said it earlier, um, colorful language. Is that, uh, uh, is that sometimes that talking back involves colorful language? And, uh, I, you know, I certainly think that uh, different families and, um, your, you know, what's important to you has to be stated. But if you as and, and adhere to as, like, a house rule, but if you uh, as parents, use colorful language with your children, um, do not expect that they're not going to use that with you. Mm-hmm. And so, um, for example, in my family, we really, we don't really sweat it. Um, and we, but we waited, uh, my husband and I waited to use colorful language around the kids till they were older. And now, you know, as so I have two teenagers, it, it doesn't really matter to, mm-hmm. uh, to us. If it matters to you, that, that's great, but it doesn't really um, then that's what you do in your family. But the rule around it is, like, you can use colorful language to give power to some of the uh, things that you're saying, but you cannot use it in talking back, and you cannot use it toward another person in in our home. And yeah. so, um, and if you do, then there is a consequence right. to that. And so um, all people do better when they know what to expect. So if you don't want your child talking in a particular way, then start letting them know that but you and be able to sort of flesh that out exactly how that would make sense to your child regardless of how old they are. Right. Yeah. It, I think that's that's very fair because that's how the world is. Right. You know? <laughs> so you're setting them up to understand yeah. the consequences for things. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and and I know that for um, some parents that is a big part of what gets kind of caught up in there. The talking back mm-hmm. is not just the talking back, but the words that are used in talking back. Yeah. Um, and, again, if your kids are being disrespectful to you, evaluate if you're being disrespectful to them. Um, because this is a do-over, was mm-hmm. there things that we talked about the first time around that you really wanted to make sure um, we talked about again the second on our second try here with this? Um, I think I really don't know. I wanted to talk about the family meetings and we did. Yep. We talked about that pretty thoroughly. So um, yeah. we, on my end, I okay. feel like we did hit everything. Okay. So, so are there any other um, elements to um, talking back at different ages? You know, it's, I do think it's um, different when a six-year-old is talking back to you than when a ten-year-old is talking back to you than when a fourteen-year-old is talking back to you. Do you have any insights? Because you talked back all through that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really I get started so much when 15. I was in like preschool. Okay. Or, 
I really started to get into that in like fourth grade. Okay. Um, I, just making the, making sure you're having time in and understanding where it's coming from. Yeah. Because when you understand where a behavior is coming from, mm-hmm. then you have a better chance of giving the child appropriate coping skills right. or, you know, giving them time to be heard. Yeah. So, so, so giving them um, a big part of what you're saying is giving them feedback on right. what, what it's like when they are talking back to be able to say, like, because you were yelling at me, I, I got defensive mm-hmm. or I couldn't hear you or um, the words that you used were really hurtful and then it was hard for me to understand what you needed. You know, just yeah. being able to do those, um, those kind of things. Um, I had another question in there, and I I, I lost it. Um, so but that normalizes it, right? That whole does that help you? Does yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, it normalizes it. Like, how I, there were so many times where I just wanted my mom to be like, "Yeah, I got in trouble all the time because I talked back." Right. And how it negatively affected me. Yeah. Um, oh, and that's exactly what I, that is what I was going to ask you. Um, were either one of your parents were they able to reflect on um, that they were recovering talkbackers? Like, were they talk, were they kids who talked back too, or was this just like unique to you and your brother? My mom, <laughs> yeah, her, she, I don't think she wanted anything ever held against her. Right. So she was a good kid. Right. And then she told me the truth. Like, <laughs> I, was like, I could handle it. She's not looking to hold it. Right. Yeah. 
um, so that you're honoring their experience, right. you're, you're acknowledging how much they do or, or whatever, um, and and then right. having that discussion. Yeah, as you were saying that too, I was thinking such a simple thing, um, if you can not lose your crap, is <laughs> if your kid is talking back to you, is just to simply say, wow, you really feel strongly about this, or yeah. wow, you really have a point you want to make, or something to say. Just that simple sentence can de-escalate your mm-hmm. child. And what I mean by that is that when your child is talking back, they're feeling heated, right. obviously. So whether they're heated because they feel disrespected or unheard or they're angry or they're upset, is that it's you stay calm, that helps with them stay calm. So to be able to just say, like, wow, you're really upset with me, and if you listen to the podcast on Reflection of Healing, this would be a good time to say that. So um, we're almost out of time. Any, like, kind of last, like, insights or advice or anything that you'd like to share with the parents who who listen in about kids um, who talk back? Then something for the whole family. We talked about this last time, but the, a gratitude Oh. In which you're you're really looking for the positives yeah. and keeping that positive mindset because yeah. it's so easy to get tripped up in the negativity right. and get down on yourself and and look at your child talking back or you know having some behavior glitches yeah <laughs> and, you know a failure of your own and that's not the case it's just life and forgiving yourself right. and looking for the positives because they're out there yeah. So to to really recognize it, you know, going back to something we said a little bit earlier, um, but it's worth it for emphasis, is really recognizing that a kid who talks back feels safe. A kid who talks back knows that you're going to love them no matter what. And honestly, there's nothing more important than that um, in terms of parenting. So um, thank you so much, especially for doing this over. And hopefully the audio on this is, is top-notch. If it's not, let us know like you did last time, and we'll solve the problem. Okay, thanks so much, Bailey.